welcome back into another episode of Dogs Football Podcast. A long, long time, but here we are because we are ever so close, not really, probably about three months away from the start of football season here this next season. We will dive into everything that has happened since then. A lot has, but we'll try to shrink it down a little bit for you guys. Talk about the important things, and then we'll have a look ahead kind of, because we'll start to have more episodes talking about things for next season, new faces, new coaches, everything for for a fresh start for the most part. We'll dive into all that. That has happened. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, it has been a very long time. I was actually listening back to uh, our episodes from January was the last time we, we came to everybody. When we recapped the season, you had a recruiting episode. And a lot has happened since then. We'll try to dive into most of it. But Good to be back because, like I said, about three months from now, we'll be preparing for a season. And I also said we'll be – and you said earlier, and I agree, we should have more episodes, and I think we will because we're starting to hear from people, and that's what we like to see. Yeah, it's good to be back, uh, hearing from a couple people, and uh, hopefully um, our DMs and comments are always open. You guys want to send us mailbags. We can have a mailbag episode here coming up. Um, but, yeah, it's it's starting to get here in end of June here, and we know – once the, the dog days of summer hits for football, it's it's full swing and getting closer and closer to getting game ready because we got to be ready for the upcoming season because it's going to be a grind. Yeah, people have already. We might go through again what the schedule is because it's been a while since we've talked about it. I'm sure people have seen it. Mike over it at the end, and that and there was a hundred days I think a couple of weeks ago that lets us know that it is closer. Right, dog days and. We, we, we thought we were going to have episodes around the spring game before and after, and that was already two or more months ago. So here we are, and we'll talk about a little bit of that and with the team upcoming. But let's talk about everything that has happened since then. And I think it's appropriate to start off with uh, the great Mike Reese. And if people listen to our basketball and obviously seeing this when it happened, around May 31st, Mike Reese called it quits after 44 amazing years. Uh, obviously being the radio voice of SIU for all of our lives and for generations of SIU fans kind of came out of nowhere. And he had a big long post that he had thanking everybody and saying how it was time. And we listened to so many things after the fact, whenever he posted this, he was on interviews with a lot of people and we're taking tidbits from it and pretty much him saying that he's tired of the grind. We've said that a lot that he understands when he messes up and even us fans realize that he does, you know, you can't be perfect. And we know that, you know, it's just a, a small mess up and that he, uh, you know, it's not that big a deal in the moment, but to him, it was a big deal. And uh, he definitely saw that and was tired of doing that. And clearly, you know, doing all the sports that he does, football, basketball, and baseball, that's uh, it's a lot to do, especially baseball. He does by himself. You know, we know all the interviews he does for all the sports and, um, uh, like I said, kind of came out of nowhere. And he said on June 30th, it would come officially. And that is in three days from now at the end of this week. So we'll be seeing that happen again. It's, it's unfortunate because we've been doing it for so long and we we've counted on Mike for so many things, Noah. And uh, it, it does seem like perhaps it's time and we'll get into maybe we'll dive in quickly after this. You can about some candidates that we would like to see, uh, but no, again, he's he's been the voice of SAU our whole lives. We've done nothing but thank him, even pre our accounts and podcasts. And ever since we've been doing this, he's gave us the most information ever. But 
knows he's he's all we've known. You know, he's when you think of SIU, you think of Mike Reese. A lot of people do, and it's unfortunate this came out of nowhere at the end of last month. Again, three more days, he'll be officially out. Yeah, it's definitely definitely looking back on his career. It's a heck of a career, and hoping he would stay on. Um, hoping since it's three days away, we could maybe get a one more football podcast because we haven't had one since um, from Nick Hill in a while. So that'd be a good one if that would be possible. Just a quick on the way out and another football update. But yeah, it's crazy to see the journey he's been on um, and finding a replacement for him would be very tough. Obviously um, waiting for Learfield to officially post it on there um, and see who we can get. I know there's a lot of guys that could be in the running. We got a couple guys that we think should, should definitely be in consideration um, you can start. You can start with Connor Onion. Obviously, the the stuff he's doing for ESPN is hard to beat. What he's getting to do, go around to different high schools and all the ESPN Plus stuff he does. Um, I think that is definitely a guy you should consider. Um, another one is Semo's uh, broadcaster. He does um, football, baseball, and basketball. For Semo is Eric Sean. He's an SIU alumni. I think that's – I know SEMO Athletics are doing pretty well right now, so it's hard to beat. But if he's loyal to where he's from, that could be another guy to come. I know there's a wild card out there in Stone Labonowitz playing quarterback here, what he's doing with ESPN down in Miami, came up here and uh, done a couple of ESPN three games for us. But um, – the main guy everybody talks about is you can dive into him if you want a little bit. Yeah, that's Russ Eisenstein. And we haven't talked about the most recent kind of thing with him on basketball yet, because we did talk about it recently, about the potential of him. And then he was kind of sneak peeking to fans about the potential of it still in his own words. So as you said, they're still waiting on uh, it to post. And that's kind of what Russ is waiting on the potential of that. And, he does work for Ohio. He has for 15 years. He was a, uh, a intern under Mike that long ago. And we know he filled in for a football game at the end of the 21 season in November when Mike was in for basketball overseas. And it definitely makes sense. And that's when we want most. And now that we've seen him kind of tweet about it, we kind of thinking it, it could potentially happen. And, you know, Mike, we're thinking Mike needs to sign off on it and tell them like, Hey, yeah, this is the guy for the job. Don't try to go above and beyond or outside the box. And like in different ways, when you know an alumni is potentially there to do it. And we know Russ is his family loves SIU. And I think it would mean a lot to him. We, we dove into that a little bit and thinking that could be the favorite. If I was a bet man, I would. I don't know how much I'd put on it because there's still a lot to go down with that. But we're liking our chances with Russ. And I mean, you know what we were talking about because he makes good money at Ohio and kind of the, you know, the difference between what Mike made or what this job makes here. And then what he made there, FBS to FCS, and, you know, respect, especially with football, obviously, that he would make, he was making more, but you said it was, it wasn't that big of a difference. And clearly we could make the jump up in money, perhaps, but maybe if he comes back here, he knows he can live well. And Mike said, hey, this is a great job, so, and it pays well. So, um, Rush should, I think, deserves a, a, definitely a, you know, the appropriate number that they, that he got there from here, if we were to make that go up a little bit. We know NIL is a thing here. We can pipe that up for Russ. Do you think he's the favorite as well? Yeah, I definitely do. I think um, 
I think it was about $11,000 he made more in Ohio. I mean, in football, that is an FBS school, so there's more money that pipes in with that. But um, if you want to get – and Russ is great, but if you want to get anywhere near what Mike Reese done for this university in athletics, um, you're just going to have to step up the plate and give. And I think he is interested um, from what I've talked to a couple, couple people. Um, he was told that he would be interested. He's just got to wait and see, wait till it's officially posted and see what the details are. But um, that's that's a positive sign that he is interested in, would want to come back here um, where he first started. It would be great. Great to see, I think, any of the other guys. I know Stone um, beat. But like I said, like we talked kind of on basketball, um, you're going to have to pay a guy like Russ or – one of the other guys a little bit more if they want to do what Mike done, done all the sports, um, maybe look into a different role of hiring a couple people to do different sports. But um, because the grind Mike Reese talked about what he'd done for all the years, it's tough. So um, you're going to have to pay a little bit more to get a guy like that. That is going to do all sports as well Mike, as Mike Reese. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm glad you added that because that is the case. We mentioned he does do all sports and it, it's a grind. As we know, it's, it's, it's not as hard of a grind for a Russ, potentially at his age, knowing what Mike could do at his. And you would think that, you know, we've kind of talked about the other options, the people who do games with Mike, the color commentary guys. We talked about basketball with Ronnie Watson. If he's still uh, up to do it, he'd still be the color. He wouldn't do play-by-play. And then for football here, we know Mike True did this past season, did a good job. And then Gene Green before that. Gene kind of retired in his own right. So I don't know if we'd see him, but those guys – wouldn't make, you know, they're not really play-by-play. Mike True does basketball on ESPN Plus play-by-play. He could do it, but they should definitely go on on Russ. And honestly, I, I feel like I'd want nobody else but him. But if they go a different road, that is what it is. But I uh, would love to see that happen. And Mike did add here. He said, please don't be suspicious of my decision. It's all my decision. Southern and Learfield, which owns that city broadcast rights, want me to continue. My health is fine. I don't want another job. There's nothing to be suspicious about. It's just time, end quote. Uh, but he did say Saluki Athletics has been my life. And he did say, you know, I think he said he's 67. He doesn't want to do this when he's 70 years old. He didn't want a kind of a farewell tour either. He just wanted to do it on his own terms now. And we respect that. So a lot of things is said he, the reason why he said that he wanted to retire after the 21-22 season, but he didn't. And then now he's doing it uh, as we speak now. We know I think his mom passed, you know, in the last year. He's been going through a lot that's led him to this point of making a decision like this. So it all makes sense. So again, the great Mike Reese calls it quits after an amazing 44-year career doing all the sports. They gave the numbers for how many games he did for all sports. It was incredible. We're going to miss him calling football this season and definitely basketball and everything else moving forward. And we'll see. We'll definitely have it to you guys over time if whoever they find to replace the great Mike Reese. It's going to take a long time and it's really hard to replace what he has done for us. So three more days Mike Reese has on the job. Hopefully we can have some more interviews. He's been doing that with other sports, still doing interviews. But calling it quits in three days. So there's that. Noah, now let's decipher everything else that's happened since we've last talked. And let's start with the coaching staff. As we know, because I was listening back to my episode in January, I talked a little bit about uh, some of the jobs and talk about Zach Grant coming here uh, that we know at first he was tight ends and then he moved to receivers because Nate Griffin moved to tight ends. So then everyone was switching and found out Mark Watson was gone to Kent State to be a running backs coach. Uh, just a lot of flip-flopping. And I, I remember talking on mine as well. We hired Larry Warner for running backs. 
I'll let you dive. Whenever you dive into these, you can talk about Larry. He was one of your favorite players growing up. Uh, and we'll get, I'll let you get to the other new ones. But no, let's start with one of the most important ones outside of Antonio James, who is a defensive line coach, as we know, got promoted to assistant head coach. And Blake Rowland's still an offensive coordinator. Now let's talk about our new defensive coordinator. And he, he's had the job for a long time, but we obviously haven't talked about it because we know um, blanking on his name now went to North Dakota State. I don't want to blanking on his name. Petrino. Petrino. Jason Petrino went to North Dakota State to be their DC. Can't blame him there. So no, we had to replace him. And that we did with DJ Vokalek. And you can dive into him a little bit. He was hired on February 1st. Has a lot of experience, brings about 25 years of that experience here. You can dive into where he's been. Uh, and we'll get into a little bit of his scheme and stuff. It could have been a reason why, and we'll get to some transfers that we've lost. Could be the reason why a lot of guys have left, potentially. But no, he's got a lot of background. I think we're going to like this guy. It looks like he shows a lot of discipline uh, that he's going to bring to SIU. Yeah, he's got, a, like you said, a lot of experience. Um, most recently was at Nebraska as the senior defensive quality control coach. Obviously, with the coaching coaching change and them hiring Matt Rule, um, it was time that he, we were able to get him. He was, he's was he been in the Valley before. He's been at Northern Iowa um, where they're, they're known for a lot of, a lot of good defenses. Um, he was part of that 2005 SCS National Championship game. Um, he's been a lot of places. Uh, Buffalo, Missouri State also, Nebraska, Omaha is where he first started. So this is a guy where hopefully with a lot of experience can bring in and help us in those games where we've seen a lot of games um, are where our defense is really good, but sometimes they don't finish what they started. So it's hopefully with the scheme and bringing in what needs to be done, the adjustments and the experience bring, he brings um, really helps with the direction and evaluation of defensive game plans and schemes and techniques stuff. So hopefully that's what that's what this got this defense needs. Um, bringing in, I know last time we heard from Nick Hill, he kind of talked about um, Mike asked him what this defense was going to look like if it was going to look like what kind of what we've seen before from Petrino and stuff. And he said at the time it was it, it was hard to tell because until he gets here and we see what we have on the defense, it's going to be hard. And we've seen some guys um, enter the portal, whether that's because of maybe scheme, not going to fit their style, or they were here because they had a good connection with Petrino or other coaches that have left. But um, I really like this hire. Um, Nick Hill said he's been on the top of his list for a long time, but every time it's been um, not the right, not a good time for him to confront him and see if he could get him on on the staff. So um, all coaches have their list of potential hires they would like to have. And this has been on the top of Nick Hill's list. So hopefully it works out in the end. Yeah. And you're right. And it seemed like Nick Hill, when he wants somebody, he goes and gets them. And maybe that's, you know, with Larry, who was his running back and that they've been around each other when they were at Carbondale high school and stuff like that, coaching and doing all this and through Dale Lennon and that, uh, a guy like that could be more available than who's still young besides DJ who has been around. I mean, he's he a grad assistant in the early nineties up to this point. And um, it does seem like Nick Hill goes and gets guys and he had to wait for this one. And now it's paying off to this point. Um, the fact that he's been a linebackers, defensive lines, defensive backs over the course of all this time. And you, as you said, in the, in the Valley as many times as he has been um, and experienced championships, that's just this, the prototype of guys you want. And, 
we were, I think we, we always talk about, do you want a younger guy? Do you want an older guy? It's like, well, over time, well, defensive coordinator is just, you know, enormous position. You want an experienced guy. You don't want a younger ish guy. That's for the Zach Grants of the world who finished college six or seven years ago. That's, uh, you know, at other positional, uh, you know, coach in other positions. So this is a perfect one and you're right. And the fact that, uh, I mean, he has a son that was entering the NFL draft as a tight end. I mean, he said he's a hard-nosed, disciplined guy. You could tell back in late March they had a uh, mic'd up of him talking and everything. So you're right, and whoever fits the scheme of guys, if they didn't like it, they they were out. And if guys bought in, here they are for next season. So it's good to have DJ with those 25 years, and he's still in one of the most important positions on the team. It's it's first and foremost to discuss, I would think. So we'll be excited to see what he brings this season. Now, no, let's talk about a guy who's ever so active on Twitter, we've noticed, and everyone else on the staff is still who they are, Dan Clark, offensive line, uh, uh, Terry Hawthorne, corners, and Mac McLaren, linebackers. But Noah Gary McGraw is our new defensive assistant and special teams coordinator. As we know, we love what Dalman, uh, Dalman Gibson uh, brought for his couple years or one year, whatever it was, when he came here. Uh, liked what he did. He was a younger guy that was a good recruiter as well. He left for the Minnesota Vikings, I noticed. Whatever kind of role he's doing there, that was a couple months ago. But no, we brought in Gary McGraw, and as I said, what he is now doing, he's got experience on his side too, about 20 years. Like I said, he's he's posting every day, just saying Southern Illinois in a random post, or he was making the rounds and recruiting as well. No, this guy's got a big background. As, and as we know, you know, because like I said, Dalma did a good job and how important special teams are that this guy could do with his experience, bring that to what Dalma brought it even more. Yeah, I really, really liked his hire with the experience, obviously. Um, as, a, as a player himself, he was a, he was a safety. He was a Juco guy. Uh, spent two years at um, my favorite football school, University of Oregon. He was part of back-to-back Pac-10 championships there. Um, California guy. This is a guy with, like you said, a lot of experience. He was at Tulsa coaching cornerbacks in 2022, um, but he was at six seasons at the FCS level with Sam Houston State, helped them win a national championship in 2020. So he was a special teams coordinator, cornerbacks coach there where um, he tutored two of the program's best level, best players in Zion McCollum, four-time All-America selection in 2022 fifth round pick by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus Jalen Thompson an all conference honoree for three seasons. So the guy that he is listed as defensive assistant, special teams coordinator, but this is a guy that can help our DBs as well. Um, so really like this hire. Like you said, very active on Twitter. I like seeing assistants in any sport um, be active on Twitter. And that's what recruits love nowadays. So um, really like this. Obviously, he's a duck, so I'm going to like him no matter what. So hopefully he can turn around. Love Dowman and what he did for us for the short time he was here, but um, I think Gary can upgrade that even more. No doubt. And uh, you mentioned what he was in a player. I mean, he's in the Oregon Hall of Fame, and we're back to the other schools. He's in the Hall of Fame as well. So uh, definitely has, you know, all our guys on our staff, it seemed like we're awesome players. Just thinking about some of the others, clearly, but. This guy definitely brings, and he brings, again, DJ was part of a champion, and so was Gary in that COVID year for Sam Houston. So, and we know they made the jump. So he's bounced around, but he is here, and I think it's an amazing hire as well. Um, So those are all the new ones outside, Noah, of, you know, 
Ryan McVicker, an offensive quality control coach. We noticed he is new. We mentioned some of the others. No, we got a couple of new grad assistants on both sides of the ball. Former Salukis. We'll start with the with the most notable one. And as we know, Xavion was a grad assistant before he was looking to play again. We know um, blanking on the other dude's name that was here last year. And we know basketball, you can be a grad assistant for five years, it seems like. But here we are knowing new grad assistants for football. The great DJ Davis is offensive grad assistant. And him and Larry working with the running backs, and we knew, and we'll, over time we'll dive into our running back depth more and more. But, Noah, we know we saw DJ firsthand doing what he did. Incredible career here. Um, 2,600 career rushing yards, fifth in school history, 112 career receptions. That's 11th in school history. You know, we've seen DJ fight through injuries, just do everything, carry an offense. And, the you know, throughout most of Nick's uh, start of his coaching career here, you know, it's only fitting. And we, you can talk about where he was even before this. And he's wanting to be a coach, and it's great to see reward alumni for opportunities when they want to be a coach. Yeah, I really like this. Um, he spent time at Charleston Southern last season with um, his, I want to say, cousin vincent davis our new receiver um i think it's his cousin i can't remember how yeah. related but um really like this he coming in being with larry and can teach those guys um and help the we know how special he was on special teams and we've lacked a special returner since he's been here almost so hopefully he can come in here and start his coaching career out the right way um maybe as as much coaching turnover that happens in this sport, maybe he ends up as an assistant in our future. Yeah, and I, he's he's definitely deserving of a Slookie Hall of Fame one day. Uh, he's not to that five-year mark just yet. So welcome, DJ. We look forward to seeing him on the sidelines. And then also Colton Gerald, another 2020 graduate on the defensive side. Uh, former walk-on from nearby Johnson City. Uh, he's going to bring, obviously, if you he wanted to spot on the West first East All-Star game, multi-sport athlete, track and basketball, three-time all-conference selection and team MVP. So a guy who just knows knows the game, and he's wanted to come in here and start his career. <clears throat> That's a good sign. So we got two former two former Salukis here to, to learn a little bit from this staff that we know does an awesome job, and we'll be looking forward to see how they do this year. We're glad we kept some of the faces Hurts that we lost guys like Mark Watson and Dalman, but we replaced them with veterans, and we'll see how it pays off over time. Looking forward to that. So now, no, let's talk about the the players that have exited the program. Some more notable than others. Let's dive into the most important ones. One happened a long time ago. One happened in the last couple months, month or maybe just one month. But no, let's start off with the one we found out in February. And we were actually watching Kennard Davis for basketball. We were on the road, got blindsided by the news, Noah, that Richie Haggerty entered the portal. And we we made a tweet about it. His dad got in touch with us talking about because we because he did miss the final game of the season for an injury. But I mentioned, like, I thought Mike reset on the radio that he was going to have surgery. Uh, Rick Haggerty, Richie's dad, you know, clarified that that's really not the case. He never really did. He was looking for just other opportunities with his with his daughter and some things that's, you know, just looking for that, you know, bigger op. And we found that out at the time. And, you know, it took a couple months for Richie to, to find out where he was wanting to go. He was all over Twitter trying to find it. And know he found a spot at a team we know well, and we just so happened to beat them last year. That is Northwestern. Uh, it's unfortunate because he led us, he led us in sacks last year. He had a, what, a six sack season. That was one of the tops in the Missouri Valley. 
had a couple years left or one year left, and it was like, man, get the best out of our arguably our best defensive player. Definitely on the front was our best defensive player. Uh, no, again, this this kind of came blindsided to us back in February, and and we'll dive in over time to our depth of that position. It, it's thin. It could have used a guy like a Richie. But like I said, no, he's going to the Big Ten. You can dive into the next one that also is going there. There'll be new rivals in the same state. But no, we're going to miss Richie a lot. Yeah, absolutely. A guy that we could count on and knew if we needed a a, a sack or a, a turnover that we knew we could get to the quarterback. I mean, obviously Fitzgerald and, and company got to saw him live last year ago against um, their first-round pick and Peter Skronsky. Um this is a guy where he's just trying to find a, a bigger and better place and that if that's better for him and his daughter, um, he's got to do what he's got to do. But, yeah, it sucks seeing him go. We loved having him. We loved talking to his his father. Um, but the next guy also, not really surprising. We've seen him enter the portal before, end up coming back. We know this is now going to be his third school, and that's Clayton Bush. Um, we know he came from Western Kentucky, and he made some big plays for us. Um also made some boneheaded plays and cost us some yardage a lot of times, but um, he's headed to play for Illinois. And um, what they've done, they had three three DBs picked in the draft this past year. Um, him finding if he can find a role on that team, because I know they have I follow him pretty close. They have a lot of good guys on that side of the ball with Brett Bielema and and the coaches there. So going to be interesting if he finds a role. At, for his last year up there, whatever it is, that's going to be really cool to see. Hopefully we can watch those two play each other and maybe we can see some little post some pictures or something on Twitter. But those are two big guys on that defense, but they're not the only guys we lost on that defense. No, they're by far the two biggest guys. And uh, you're right, Clayton did enter the portal before last season. Had a fine year with us. He was he started a lot. He started next to Antonio. He was kind of the guy back there. He definitely over. I mean, that's what we knew when he came to Western Kentucky. He already had a rep when we knew about him about kind of that boneheaded uh, stuff that he makes and kind of got kicked out of Western Kentucky and came here. And he seems like you know and he's been more mature as he came here. You know, him personally has matured over time. That you haven't seen like all that stuff. I want to say that was more like off the field ish or maybe obviously through the program uh but yeah he's came here and has made plays he made some plays for us that sealed wins last year but yes he's got a lot of yardage lost from the stuff that he has done uh definitely two of our top five or six defenders from last season uh, and guys that you can just count on over the course of time they were and they're both transfers obviously you know, richie came from miami ohio just transfers that came in and you know found their footing and was really good for us so those definitely hurt we will, we will keep up with those guys because Illinois, as you said, they produced the sixth overall pick and a lot of other guys. So Clayton, if he wants to get to the next level, has to go to a school like that. Don't blame him, even though you can make it here, you can make it better in the Big Ten. Noah Jakari Patterson, as we knew, was hurt this past season. We could have used Jakari a lot this year. He was young. He was versatile. He made a lot of plays the season prior. He entered the portal. He is now at Towson. As we know, that's where uh, Dorian Davis was from. We had him a couple seasons ago. So he went there. No, that's the big one here, just in terms of who he was coming in, what we expected, and that's R.J. Arebo. Um, we thought R.J. was bought in 100%, and he was. He was doing the community events. He was taking tickets at basketball games. He was bought in, and kudos to him. And we know we didn't play last year, dealt with an injury, of course. 
Uh, but no, he never played it down for SIU. Next thing you know, he's in the portal, and he's headed to Houston Houston Christian. He had some other okay offers. No, we know he came from A&M. He DM'd us before we even knew he was coming. He's telling us he was coming. It was a big deal, and we were excited for him. But no, this is a guy we said maybe with the new defensive uh, coordinator that this could have been a reason why he was gone. No, you can dive into him, and then the next guy you see there that we had high hopes for him as well. Yeah, definitely the potential RJ could have been with the size and the impact he probably could have made. Um, definitely sucks seeing him go. Going down to Houston, Houston Christian, um, closer to home, I would say, back in Texas. But definitely sucks not seeing him play a snap because we know he probably could have made a bigger impact um, than people think on this team. But it sucks, and we'll see what happens, see what he does at Houston Christian. Um, closer to home, but um, the other guy that we we didn't see play either was Zade Hamden. He was the guy that came originally started his career at Ohio State. Um, then he went to James Madison, came here with a a foot injury, and he didn't really work out here as well. Um, he ends up at Tulsa, so making the jump back um, to the FBS. So two those are those are a lot of guys. That's five guys on that defense that well we saw two that we potentially knew the impact they could have made, but the other guys, um, and incredibly with Jakari, with the plays he made at Western Illinois um, in that OT game, if we lose that, who knows what happens the rest of that year. And those other two guys in Clayton and Richie, those five guys, that's a lot to replace on the defense. Um, was looking for was Zade in the middle with RJ and Richie coming off the side with Clayton playing center field. Um, but that that leaves a lot of room for other guys to step up um, on that defense. Yeah, it's something we'll talk about down the road is it leaves a lot of opportunities for other new guys or other young guys to have not maybe, for, in some of those cases, equal production, but enough production. And you're right, those top five guys at defense that definitely is going to have some question marks going into the next season replacing the production on all three of those guys. The Jakari half a season, Clayton and Richie a whole career. It just stinks that with injuries, yeah, we never got to see RJ and Zay play, and we were really excited for both those guys. So they're off to new places. Noah Ethan Tyler is also off to a new place, offensive line depth that we knew about over the last couple of years. He found a new home at Colgate. You can dive into him in a second. Just We were kind of excited for him as well. And then Noah Zach Zabrowski, who parents went to SIU. He had an interview. He stepped in when he had to. He's, he's a nice talent, and he entered the portal, which as he should, about two years left, I think he said he has. You know what he's spending that elsewhere. It's Central Missouri, he's going there. Um, I'm not sure, obviously, what the status would be of him if he ever can start there. That's a smaller school. You'd think he could maybe start there. We'll find out over time. You know, him and Ethan Tyler, a couple – Zach, you know, in his own role, was a good play caller a couple years ago, got on the DP show, good with that. But, no, Ethan Tyler could have been a depth piece. And, obviously, he didn't find a home, and he's looking elsewhere, and Colgate's actually a decent school. Yeah, definitely. Um, only got to see two games in his two years here. Um, coming from Fairfield, Ohio, really liked the potential of him finding that spot at the center position, and it just didn't work out. He was part of the Missouri Valley's honor roll, so Colgate's a pretty good ac academic school, so that's a good fit for him. And Zabrowski, yeah, with with the quarterbacks we've had in front of him, there was just really no potential of him even getting to show um, what he could do at this level. So I think Central Missouri fits in pretty well. Um, I think he could go there and play pretty well at that level. Um, so exciting for those two guys to get – 
hopefully find more opportunities than they've got here because at their positions, it was just tough to see them get on the field, though they were really good depth pieces. Yeah, Zach was really loyal, and that's what we'll miss about him most and his great play calling. We know uh, Stone Norton also, uh, he graduated and left. He was a play caller. So we'll have to have a guy that mans that this year. Could be Michael Lindauer. We know Hunter Simmons should very well. We'll talk about it later on. He should very well be the backup and be used. He ain't calling the plays, as we know. Someone's got to take that over. We'll see who it is. You know what Devin Walton I had on here noticed he entered the portal. We know he was a video guy who made the team caught touchdowns and uh, you know spring games and stuff the last couple of years. He entered the portal, but he's back because he's still on the roster. We'll dive into the roster later on. Uh, and then Quentin Hunter Colvin was just a guy, forgot what position he even played. He entered the portal, just some notable one. I say notable, just ones in general that entered. And then Noah, if you recall this name, it happened a long time ago. And as we know, there was a, I forgot what position he even played before he made this, made this switch, Rusty Van Wetzinga. I just wanted to mention it because I had it on here for months and months. He committed to us, and then all of a sudden he flipped his commitment to Iowa and was a preferred walk-on as a fullback now. He could have came, if you recall the name, what position he played, moved to a fullback, walk-on, forgot what he would have played here and what he could have done for us, but I noticed that. Do you remember him? Yeah, he was actually going to be a linebacker here. So that's our that's our deepest, probably our deepest spot on this team besides wide receiver and Makes quarterback. Sense. But um, he's from Iowa, going home, getting a spot there. Um, that's I feel like Iowa is always that school you can think about of a guy just walking on or coming in there that has a nobody, and they they grind away up there in Iowa. So staying home, getting to play for your state school, we can't really blame the kid, but. Um, was excited for his game because he was going to be a pretty good linebacker at this level. For sure. And he was only committed to us for a short time and made that jump. I had to add that because it was interesting. No, I'll dive into some other stuff here that's happened since then. Antonio Fletcher was picked ten in the 10th round by the Memphis Showboats of the USFL. At the time we saw that, we've seen him on Twitter post a lot of stuff. Not even sure what he's doing nowadays. He might not be on there anymore. Their season, I think, has been going. You see it on TV every now and then. Don't know if he's on there anymore. You can... Fact check that while I'm talking, if, if you wouldn't care, because I don't know if he is. And then, as we know, Orlando Guardians, Zabion, Berkron, and Roman Tatum were there. Uh, got, we watched Zabian, watched them both on TV this season. They even won in nine, so it wasn't the best season for them, but they got the opportunities and had to look back and see how they actually did. But it was obviously they were there, worth talking about. And then some other ones here, Noah, just because he's a legend, we'll see him in the Hall of Fame one day. That's Anthony Knight. It's crazy how this ought to be the second season without him coming up. Noah, he's already he was he put he's moved football to the side, and now here he is. We found out he is now at the police department in Carbondale. Carbondale PD, Anthony Knight, who was in on doing the uh, whatever that degree would be, uh, crime or whatever criminology, that, criminology, and all that stuff. Noah, that I mean, you graduate, you spend some time doing some things. Next thing you know, you're hired. In Carbondale, I mean, perfect, perfect spot for him. We know he could have been a good player doing football if he really wanted to, but now he's he's doing his other dream. And Noah, ironically, he's he's in the backyard of Carbondale and man in the streets. And we'll see him on campus maybe over time. We'll see him in Carbondale. I'm sure we'll both because we're over there all the time. We'll see him. No, that's a great opportunity for Anthony. Like I said, putting football to the side and doing what he loves. Yeah, definitely. Uh, getting that kind of opportunity is definitely definitely deserved for him, getting that opportunity in, in where he went to school. Um, just 
thought he would get a better pro opportunities than he got. Um, didn't get very much, but um, with his size, uh, I'd hate to be any criminals in Carbondale with him running you down. So um, hopefully that, that stops some crime over there with a guy like that on their staff. But um, hopefully we do see him in Carbondale, not, not pulling us over, but um, just seeing him on campus, maybe at football games, being that kind of guy where yeah. we see police officers there um, doing – escorting away teams in, in and out of their locker room or even SIU's team. So definitely think that's a very good opportunity. That's a really good job. Um, awesome that it's in, in where he went to school, having a connection like that. I'd say it's almost a guarantee that, he, uh, that he'll find his way to like being around uh, Saluki Stadium in that aspect, like you said. Um, it's a, you're right. Nobody should want to break any laws with him roaming the streets. So congrats to him on that. That is awesome. And then Noah, just quickly on the pro opportunities, we know we know the draft was, you know, two and a half or more months ago and haven't talked since then, knew, uh, you know, everything that happened, who was going, who was doing this. They had a pro day video they posted of all the seniors that were involved. Uh, and then they had pro day results. I found on the website, I'm not going to read them off because it's so far past the time, but they were okay from what I remember from most of the guys. And, just after the fact, some of them got some mini camp invites. You know, Javon did, Avante did, uh, Keenan Agnew got Jets, got your Titans, got a couple things. And then we noticed Keenan got signed to the, to the CFL for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Just followed him on Twitter earlier. We'll keep up with Keenan if he's still there. Hopefully, we know he's got, he's got NFL ties with family members and he's staying committed to the grind. And then, like I said, Javon and Avante, two guys that'll be along with. Anthony Knighton will be doing acceptance speeches in the Saluki Hall of Fame one day, got camp invites, and they're still probably doing their thing, trying to catch on with places, and we'll try to follow them more and more as time goes on. Uh, but did notice that because the main account was posting about them getting those. So we'll see. We know the NFL season's ramping up as well. And then Noah, just speaking of NFL Saluki's, Ryan Neal signed with the Buccaneers. He was a Seahawk, as we know, and they let him go. Let him go for nothing. He was one of the most productive players, signed with the Bucks. Uh, so he's down there for a Tom Brady list team. We'll see how they go, but we know Ryan's going to man the ship in the backfield. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what his contract was exactly. It's a couple years, I would say. So kudos to Ryan for for that. We'll have NSFL Saluki things over time. Jeremy Chin had his camp, I think he posted not too long ago. So we'll keep up with that as time goes on. Uh, so those are the main headlines we wanted to discuss. Noah, before we dive into obviously some more things to round this episode out. Let's dive in a little bit of recruiting. And if anyone, obviously they do, they follow us. They see everything we retweet. And Noah, we see so many things of, you know, at any class next year, the year after that, even this past year of, of Nick Hill camps that they're having, visits, interests, offers, everything that's accumulated over the last five months we've retweeted. There's so much. And I, you know, you take pride in keeping up with all this and it's so much to keep up with over time. We'll try to get a little bit more organized in that regard from, from what you know about, because there've been some that we've had recently that could be fresh on the mind. Maybe if you could summarize a little bit, ones that stick out or the amounts or anything, because I think it's worth mentioning just a little bit, because like I said, there's so many, if you, uh, what you can tell us about everything that's gone with recruiting and what the team has been doing, trying to get future Salukis in here to see what it's all about. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of a lot of guys coming to camps and getting opportunities, and that's led to um, some good conversations with the coaching staff and guys just at camps doing some reps, getting offers from our staff. 
Um, just running through some offers for some 2024 kids. Um, three-star offensive lineman Jarvis Adams Jr., 6'3", um, 280 from Rome, Georgia, got an offer. Um, Gavin Hoffman, he's a he's a three-star tight end um, up from Overland Park, Kansas. Um, just just saw it as I was adding him to my list six hours ago. He committed to Iowa, so that oh. is that is tight end you. So can't blame him there. Um, an interesting one I thought from up in Naperville. Um, we offered three-star quarterback Alicio Milovolic. He has committed um, to Ball State, so that's a guy off our list. Um, Derek Osmond, a, a 6'7", 240 defensive end and tight end um, from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. We offered him. Keelan Junior, he's a 6'4", 235-pound tight end um, from Malvern High School. We offered him. He's starting to get some FBS offers. Guy from Thomasville, Georgia, and Jay Randall, an athlete, offered him. Ray Ray Smith the third, also a uh, athlete from Oloth East High School out in Kansas, gave him an offer. Um, Tommy Diamond, a from Geneva, Illinois, 20, uh, 2024 kid, 6'3", 215, outside linebacker edge guy we offered. Gary Rutherford, um, just some others. Gideon Herbert's a guy um, I like at, from the defensive tackle room. Rodney Hunter, Trey Ridley, a bunch of guys we've reached out to. Like it's like Nick said, it's it's a lot to with a lot of visits. Hundreds. Yeah, there's a lot of visits and a lot of offers we've retweeted. So if you do follow us and keep up with our retweets, um, we've yet to been a crazy last couple months. Um, like I said, Nick, like, like Nick said, I, I, I tracked this, I put it on my spreadsheet. Um, I think I ended up, I counted, um, I looked earlier today when we were talking about just starting my 2024 list, I think for 2023, I was over 150 lines of different players that we've just kept track of last year. So, um, it's going to be a lot, but I will take the time and do it because I take pride in that. But I just, I, like I walked in and told Nick, well, I guess I got to start my 2025 one because we made an offer today to Jason Dow, um, originally from Cahokia. Um, looks like he got recruited to go over to Belleville Altoff High School, a four-star defensive lineman in the ESPN 300. Um, eight hours ago, we offered him. Not sure why. It's a little late. If you go through his Twitter um, as a four-star, already has offers from Oregon, from Ball State, Kansas, USC. You name it, he's got offers. Louisville, Miami, Ohio, guy that's already out of reach. I don't know if this is just one of those things where, hey, this kid's in our backyard. People be pissed if we don't offer him. So let's just go ahead and throw the offer out. Um, I don't want to make any assumptions about a kid, but coming, being playing from Ohio or playing Cahokia in high school, maybe the grades couldn't be a factor to get into an FBS program at that kind of level. Maybe we could steal this kid. Or maybe he does. Maybe this is a uh, Jordan Goodwin, Terrence Hargrove Jr. situation where he would want to stay home and play for his back back background team. So I don't know, but I thought I'd start my list with that guy. That's a heck of a guy to start with. This, the first offer out to a 2025 guy for football. Yeah, looking back, January, Illinois State offered him. And if they're getting ahead of him, we know – and it was like Eastern and it was Akron and it was people like that. And then, yeah, gradually it was 
or getting you at Edson saying, you're right, four-star. He should be at the top of the list just to talk about, even though, yeah. I mean, he was a wrestling state champion. He was ever, he's a freak. He looks like Micah Parsons. Uh, he just looks like him, but I mean, <laughs> the fact that, yeah, you're right, too late. We've seen that in both sports. You're a little too late on a lot of that stuff. Yeah, going to Altoff, uh, he seems like a kid, and he's only 20, 25. He's got a long way to go. At the end of his career, he very well might transfer again to other bigger schools and he'll be looking to play even more power five over time than even what he's getting right now. But you're right. If we could ever so get lucky with local and he'd want to stay home, we have seen that, but not to the caliber of high school, whether, you know, some guys have the production in high school and they come here they're and they're under recruited. This guy is he heavily recruited right now with even the career he's put up and he's still got two more years to go. So you're right. That should be at the top. We'll keep an eye out for it. He didn't follow us back on Twitter. That's always something to tell from it. But uh, you're right, a lot of things. And, yeah, some recent offers as well. And we'll keep an eye out for him. It's long gone, though. So, yeah, over time, you'll continue to organize that and, and give it to you guys more over the course of these episodes leading up to the season, especially with – because, as everybody knows, we keep up with our recruits for the following year of their high school seasons that year. That's what we also take pride in doing each and every week every time we talk to you guys. So we'll have that over time. As you know, it's, it's the routine every year. We love doing it and keep providing that for you guys over time. Uh, so now Noah around the FCS real fast, there's some notable things. And I think it's just, you know, we'll breeze through these a little bit. I didn't notice because we know, um, let's see, we said that grant's coming from here. Western Illinois has been a team that's been in the dumps in the Missouri Valley for a while uh, heck, they almost beat us two years in a row. They almost beat us at our place before we, before we ended up getting the job done. And then we know the two-point conversion at their place. So they're at, they actually fight well. Maybe that says a lot about us, but, you know, they fight a little bit. And, but they're leaving. They're leaving for the Ohio Valley in 2024. So they're playing out this season, and the next year they'll be gone. As we know, that's when Murray State's coming in. Uh, so they're coming in this year. Western's leaving for the Ohio Valley. We'll see who also – Comes, or comes in and replace Western over time. We know the whole conference realignment at every level. So Western's doing that. So it's the last year we'll see them in the Missouri Valley. We do play them this year, I think. I could be wrong. We have the schedule we'll talk about at the end, but they're leaving after the fact for the Ohio Valley. And then I did see Missouri State president said, this was a while ago, Wyatt Wheeler of the who works for Missouri State um, had an article about saying that they will make the move to the FBS at some point. We know we've talked about that endlessly. Uh, uh, Petrino, who left there for A&M with Jimbo Fisher, is uh, we know that you know he he was a big time coach and he was trying to probably be in the ear of them saying, hey, well, and just in general, you need to make the jump. And we know that's what they need to do. They're a, just a really good program, powerhouse program in the sense of that. They need to make the jump at some point. We talked about basketball, making the jump out of the Missouri Valley, a lot of stuff. But football, at some point, he says they could make the jump. And then Noah, we found this out officially, even though we kind of, I think we looked it up a while back, but it, it gets confirmed because we see on Twitter, it's a big deal that Noah Simo is going to be really good this upcoming year. They'll be ranked pretty high. They have a lot of really good personnel. And they beat us last year for the wheel. We're looking to get that back. It's going to be tough going to their place this year. But Noah, they they have a guy who I'd want I'd kill to go back and look to see what he's what he's done against us in his career. Noah Gino Hess is back for Simo. That's bad news for us. Bad news for uh, 
the OBC because they're the favorites in that by far, and that's bad news for the FCS as well. No, the great Geno Hess officially back. Yeah, with over 4,000 rushing yards and 55 total TDs in his in his SEMO career, he's breaking record books for them. Um, we know the Big South and OBC have a partner league kind of going this year with OBC losing so many teams. So um, I think in the Athlon Sports preseason uh, article they had, um, they had SEMO at nine. So it's going to be a pretty good team. It's going to be – that's our second game of the year, I believe. So – um, they did have SIU at 20. I think Sam Herter um, and Hero Sports put out their preseason um, back in the start of June. SIU was left out of the top 25. They did receive votes from some people, probably not Sam Herter. He hates us. So they had SEMO tied for 11th with Weber State. So that's going to be a heck of a game, road game. Um, we know they came in and stole from one, stole one from us last year. Yeah, and you're right. Sam has no respect for us, never has. I mean, I I mean, it's one thing to say what will be this year. We lost some talent. We did not finish the season strong last year, so it makes sense. We know Sam had us beating Incarnate Word at the start of the year or maybe had us losing a close game. So there are moments where he's like this, but not this one, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we'll talk more about rankings over time. That's interesting because, yes, Gino has going back preseason ninth by a lot of people. Uh, so they'll be very good. We'll be looking forward to that game when it comes. At the third game of the year, I mentioned Western Illinois. We do play at there in late October. Dive into that again at the end. So that's definitely notable. Quickly here, we mentioned on basketball, just over time, if people want to do this, I'm sure they've known about it. We'll talk about it on here. For a low-cost option to experience all home games during 23-24 season for the sports of football, basketball, and women's basketball, you can uh, – an unbeatable uh, – Tim Leonard, AD, says – Paul Pass offers fans an unbeatable price point to attend Division One college sporting events. We believe Paul Pass will resonate with a budget-minded fan looking to stretch their entertainment dollar, end quote. It is a $15 a month deal where you can just go to all the games. It's kind of like a uh, just a three-sport season ticket holder. You could you could say $5 per game is pretty much what you'd be paying, averaged out. Uh, so a lot of people will look into doing this potentially. We know we've talked they've done it for women's. Uh, sports over the course of time and doing it for basketball and football, the two most, the two biggest sports at the school and the ones that bring in the most people and what people arguably care about most. They said it's a Netflix like 12 month ticket subscription. So like I said, 15 bucks a month equals that over time. You could be paying five bucks a game, um, which per year it's about 180 bucks. Um, So it is kind of an unbeatable price. A lot of people will do this. A lot of people might not. But wanted to get it out there because it is a good option for fans. It's something interesting that they're bringing to this. It's taking money out of their pocket, but it's also just giving the chance to get a lot more people at games. So we'll see how that plays out. Worth mentioning. All right. Now, Noah, in the present day of SIU football, a lot has happened since then, as we know. There's been the spring game we've talked about. We could, I mean, just recapping that a little bit of who, because we know as soon as that's over, guys leave. We've seen it. A lot of those guys we mentioned that left. A lot of, most of them came, or, you know, right after that, as it does every year. A lot of guys we brought in, just like every single year, and a lot of stuff happened. Nick Hill talked about that, and in terms of like a box score, if you would have it on, yeah, I could go back and look as well. Just, I think who like Zabraski made it a couple of times. Like it's it's usually guys that we wouldn't really notice or wouldn't really play the next year at certain points, but there's guys like. You know, Nick Baker's barely going to throw in these things, but you get guys like Hunter Simmons throwing touchdowns to 
Schwindemann, I think it was off the top of my head, thinking of what I remember seeing on the box score and stuff like that. Stuff that sticks out in that sense is all you can really take from that. It's just knowing who's out there. Uh, but Noah, in terms of the roster, you know, they're posting highlights and stuff and you can go through some of the new roster additions. And like I said, it's been six months since we've talked on here, uh, but people, you know, we've retweeted some names that either we seen over the last couple of days that we never noticed months prior. And obviously guys we think are going to uh, be big and we'll go through depth charts at a later date, but just knowing the new faces that people are going to talk about, because a lot of them did partake in the spring game that happened months ago. And like we've had even new faces since then. Can you, let's dive into those a little bit. Yeah. There's a lot of names that people will want to recognize. Obviously um, the freshman class, we covered all this, the signees from last year, um, that we went through with everybody, with the, the Logan Mintons and uh, the, the Caleb Wagners and all those guys that we covered that were coming in as freshmen. Um, but there's some new guys that people won't know, um, just starting with the guy we recognized earlier. Um, he's going to play safety. He's a freshman from Bell, Bell Glade, Florida, Cardinal Newman High School, Vinny Pierre, They'll come in and play safety. Other guys we noticed on the on the on our roster here last lately. Jalen Reed, he's a five six running back um, from East St. Louis High School. Was the transfer from Western Illinois. Noticed him. Another freshman um, that was at IMG Academy, Jimmy Athens. He's going to play running back for us. Another guy is Zach Willingham Davis. It says he's a second year redshirt freshman, so that must mean. If you click on his bio, there is no bio, so that must mean he was here last year. Um, we did not know he was here. Other guys, Jace Clark's a long, snap, long snapper from Carbondale, so staying home, probably a walk-on opportunity for him. Um, just scrolling through here, any other guys that people might not know that you know. Uh, interesting one, I think, would probably impact guy, defensive end Devin Cowan. 6'3", senior from uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina, coming from Fayetteville State University. Um, a guy that was very at that level, very impactful, and his stats show it. Um, Max Bermers, a DN from Massac County High School down in Metropolis, another freshman opportunity there. And a guy that was brought up on Sports Force, the local Saturday radio show um, that, that we kind of listen to. I know you listen to it more than I do, but um, – a guy from Cobden, Illinois, from Cobden High School, Joe Bruleve, 6'5", 254, says he's a second-year freshman. Um, we know nothing about. I know um, one of the callers brought him up lately. Um, we got to talk about it, and Cobden doesn't have a football team. I don't know if – I know back in the day, just because I live out towards there and know, and know people out there, I know back in the day, Crab Orchard had an agreement where their their kids, if they wanted to, they could ride up to Johnson City and play football. But I don't know if Cobden has that with maybe Anna Jonesboro, somewhere down there that if a kid wants to play. I mean, at 6'5", 254, we know they have a seven-footer that's playing basketball at John A. I know, I know they've had a lot of height lately and had some really good athletes. I don't know if that's a guy walking around campus and said maybe give that a try. I have no idea, but we found that was probably the most sticking out and brought up on Sports Force the other day. You're right. If they would go to JC, we know Johnson City, we love recruiting out of there. They're a powerhouse of this region. They obviously 
we, we talked about earlier, like it's the Nashvilles and the Pinkneyvilles that have guys going to big schools, but Johnson City, we take a lot from and they produce good talent. And you're right, they probably did see this kid walking around campus because didn't know about him last year. They're saying, I mean, he's a second year freshman. He could have been on the sidelines, but we never seen him before until recently. So they would have had him on here earlier than what we've noticed. And, you know, before recently, I, I say, I mean, I haven't looked in probably a month or so. He could have been in the last couple months, clearly. And they just add him because he's capable of just being on it. And, I mean, he's probably not going to play, clearly. But you're right, that size coming. And you mentioned the player that's at Johnny Logan, seven footer. They, I mean, how are they producing all this if they don't even have definitely football sport? They had basketball. It's just crazy how they would produce that. So it's names like that that definitely catch our eye. And yeah, Metropolis. Uh, metropolis people so we are getting still the the uh the out of our backyard kind of guys and we'll get in you know some of those transfers are interesting just it's crazy because we've talked about the freshmen and how special of a year we think or careers that they're going to potentially have uh here and back to uh back to joseph real quick i did some digging real quick on him found his linkedin account um, he's a biology and biological sciences major. Um, he's getting a bachelor of science. So um, I know where they found this kid. He played basketball at Cobden High School. I have his huddle highlights right here as well. Um, but activities and societies, he's part of the Saluki Swag Club, the Barbo Club, but he was part of the powerlifting team. So they found they saw this kid in the weight room and they said, give it a try, kid. And uh, That's how it should be. If you see a talent, go after it. Talk to him. So this is one of those things. That's uh, 30 for 30. We know I was joking a couple of years ago, but um, we had Kyler Filowich on the basketball team. We know mm-hmm. Nick Hill made some tweets about this guy would look great in pads, and we know he played football in high school. So Should have went that route. Maybe, yeah. This is a guy where Joe, I mean, this is – this is he has – I mean, he has a size, obviously. So maybe, obviously, not playing football – um at Cobden and a lot of learning to do but that is a potential diamond in the rough at that size I agree and it'll take a lot of time for him to get acclimated and play at some point here and he had no other options so they're like yeah you're giving me a chance here I'll wait my turn at some point if I can earn it so that's arguably the most interesting we know since then they've added transfer wise uh you mentioned the Fayetteville uh defensive end that they go get a guy because he got they talked about him on the main account just maybe a month ago so that was a late addition and he is a fifth year so it's like you know they're filling spots that they're going to need for next year so he sticks out one and they've added a lot of safeties and corners guys like you know drake jackson guys like we steed and we know iverson he's i mean in terms of Playing, he'll be on the field for the first time for us. Iverson Brown from Illinois State. We know he didn't even play anything last year. See him on the field. It's guys like that that are new faces that we'll see. Uh, but, you know, they've added a lot of defensive back, specifically at safety, and then defensive end because we know we got guys like uh, Barga, guys like – I'm scrolling on here to find some more, but there, there's, there's tons. And we have a lot of talent. We've talked about other guys we've added. I want to say, I mean, that we've talked about guys like Noah Finsky and Marcelo. I think we, I mean, like I said, we, whether you touched on them on the last episode or I did months back, if they've been here since then, but a lot of new faces, like I said, we'll, we'll dive in more and more to it as time goes on, but even new faces that we're familiar with over the course of the last 
couple days because they do refresh a lot. But other than that, everyone's still intact here. We've seen they had photo day recently. Before photo day, they had the the freshman move in. They had the barbecue they always have. You know, Nick Kill usually gets guys at his house at some point. Haven't seen a whole lot of that. So they did have photo day recently, and it gets us excited thinking about because there was one that sticks out to me. It was a picture of Deontay, which is so important that he's back this year. And he made he had a highlight post he posted not too long ago. Uh, and he'll, he'll have a big year. We know Isaiah Hartrip's looking to have a bounce back from injury year. And then Vincent Davis, who you mentioned, uh, is a uh, is related to DJ, and he's bringing speed and. That's a lot of speed we got to the position. They had a picture together, which gets gets us excited. Uh, so it's guys like that. Like I said, we'll talk more about – those could be your top three guys. We'll talk more about depth chart at a later date because we'd be doing it forever. And we'll get predictions as time goes on when it gets closer. No, one name I did see on there that is interesting, and because obviously special teams is a big thing, we noticed how we signed an apparent five-star kicker, Ethan Ed, Edens, 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 whichever it is, uh, for, Five-star freshman. He adds to that freshman class we've known about over the last couple months when they announced that he's here. Uh, no, you can count it. I mean, we have many kickers we have on the roster. A couple punters, a lot of kickers, and this guy could sit a little bit. But you wonder if a guy who's of that star caliber, why he would come here to sit? Because we know we have a lot of guys that, or a couple guys in front of them that are veterans. Uh, but he sticks out, Noah, because again, you can. Some people have you as highly star, highly. Start. If you're a five-star, you're not coming to SIU. There's something with that. But no, he seems talented. They did post a highlight of him. Uh, but we're liking that room, I think, this year. Just need a lot of improvement, I think, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, and a lot of improvement and, obviously, some more opportunities for that for that department. Um, we know offense didn't, didn't get a lot of opportunities for the kicking game if, if it was either we got and scored or we just didn't get. We'd go three and out quickly. So. Um, as a kid with with kicker ratings, it's always different because I know I went to school with David Fletcher, and he was he went to those camps and stuff, those Coles kicking camps, and he was pretty pretty high up there in those rankings as well. It's different than the usual rankings, but um, I think this is a guy where obviously he was a two time first team All State in punter and kicker at six three oh two oh five. I think I was just interested in and that kind of height. I think the average height I looked it up the average height of a punter in the NFL is just over six two and the average height of a kicker in the NFL is just under six foot so I think he has a better better opportunity to be a punter at this kind of level I mean made in 2022 he made 92 percent of his field goals but um definitely think another a soccer player um fun fact from his bio he's cousins of Ray's pitcher Zach Eflin so um member of the German Honor Society in high school, a graduate of Magna Cum Laude. So definitely think this kid has potential. Um, I know I've talked to Jake Bumgard's dad recently. Jake's put in a lot of work. Um, you can tell by just seeing him um, out in person. He's definitely been in the weight room and been working hard this offseason, obviously. Didn't have the, the the season he did wanted to last year, but I think the local kid that we've had a lot of talent here in our backyard kicking, obviously with Nico. So I think it's probably Jake's job to lose. He, I know, I know earlier this spring slash summer, he did hit in a live period of 58 yarder. So been working on that leg. I think, I think if, if he wants, if he wants to play in Ethan right away, 
Um, as bad as Tony was last year, I think that's a job he could easily win because with only one punter still on my roster, Chase Reese, Thomas Burks, and Jake in front of him, um, he's going to have to probably wait his turn unless he's just that good of a kicker. So I think it's Jake's job to lose right away here, just thinking overall, because he has improved and bulked up a little bit, um, up to about six foot 185. So um, this is a kid where I like his talent. If he, I thought there was times last year um, – we could have gave Jake an opportunity to kick a field goal. We just went ahead and put it. And I think the year we had last year, or or we went for it as well as as aggressive as Nick Hill is as a as a coach. So um, hopefully Jake gets some more opportunities this year. He's been working on it. Um, we know just thinking about his his redshirt year, about uh, Mike Reese talking about him warmups, watching him kick from sixty. So. Yeah. That's that's something to watch out for. I think Ethan has a lot of talent, but like I said, being 6'3", I think Hunter, I mean, if he was All-State in both in the state of Florida, that's really good. So, um, like I said, Ethan probably probably not going to win the kicker job right away. I think he could take it from 20 because 20 was awful last year. So that's the biggest need, I think, for special teams with our new special teams coach. He's got to find out some more consistency and more opportunities for our guys because – Jake didn't get the opportunities I think he wanted to last year. I know Thomas Burks is mainly um, a kickoff specialist. So we'll see what happens. We know it's a long grinding summer, but I think Jake has a job right now with pretty easily. Hopefully Ethan can get some opportunities maybe. We know we had a guy go down to Mississippi State that was a kicker slash punter, didn't get any opportunities, came here early in the spring and ended up transferring right away. So hopefully – that ain't the case with this kid coming from the state of Florida and be a two-time All-State guy. Yeah, Marlon Houck. Thinking of him now that, yeah, I think that's one we'll end up regretting just in terms of the fact that if he goes to a big school, no idea how he did. He probably didn't play a whole lot this past year. Who knows what his status is. You're right, Jake is still their guy. I think, I mean, Nick loves him. Obviously, he's given him, you know, every opportunity in the world and did have struggles last year, had some great moments, though. And he's learned from the best. It's crazy to think that Nico was here forever ago now, it seems like. He learned from him, and hopefully that's what Ethan can do with Jake. Jake can be the kicker for us this year for sure and then know that. I mean, he's a fourth-year sophomore. He's got eligibility himself, clearly, uh, knowing that Ethan – they don't go recruiting Ethan if they know he can't do both because you're right. Even Thomas Burks, even because he'll fill in if he needs to, do kickoffs. So, yeah, Chase Reeves is still a young guy. Still in the role, and then you mentioned Torney, who even though he was a freshman, he's like a he's like a twenty-something-year-old freshman. We know he came from Australia, learned from Jack Calhoun, who it's been forever since he was here as well. So he was a big reason why Torney was here. He definitely was not good as his first collegiate time. You would hope that he would improve, that the job's still his, even though Ethan should hopefully uh, you know rival him for that spot. I think that's definitely they're not going to have him wait behind three other guys potentially. I don't think he'd be behind even a Chase Reeves potentially, but he'll be fighting with with Torney for the starting punter job. You're right, at that size, it's interesting you said the heights because, yeah, we do recall kickers in the league aren't very big just over time when we when we know that. So uh does have punter size. We'll see if he works it towards that, but, again, he'll learn from all these guys in front of him over time. So have, have to, had to talk about that. It, kick, I mean, the specialists are definitely worth talking about for depth now. It's just the other stuff we'll talk about later, but did want to talk about Ethan because he is new and he has a potential five-star. He can do both, and we'll see what he can do over time. That's we know we signed a freshman long snapper from from Carbondale as well. So, like we said, yes, with McGraw, you're right. He could 
just have a whole different scope on things. And he was a big reason why they go recruit a Ethan or something. You never know. A whole lot of different perspectives come with coaching staffs over time. So uh, we definitely expect improvement from that group this upcoming season. And Jake will definitely lead the way. Um, so then that's everything. I, we mentioned the schedule because it was, I think the dog pound posted about it recently. And then the main account kind of retweeted it themselves just refresh people's memories before we talk about it again in the coming months. Uh, Austin P. Maroon out first game of the year, September 2nd. It's a night game. It's perfect. Uh, and then at Northern Illinois, which will be a tough test on the week later at 2.30. Then at SEMO, like we talked about, the war for the will, trying to get it back. We know SEMO two years ago, they had the whole issue with their stands. Hopefully they have that all figured out this year. Missouri State family weekend at home at the end of September. They'll be interesting with a new coach and guys leaving. They still have old boy, though. Uh, so they'll be interesting. At Youngstown State, we know it's always tough. Play them earlier than we – I guess we always, always play them October. Last year we played them late. Last game of the year at Youngstown, October 7th. At Murray State, dog pound travel game on the 14th, 2 o'clock. Host South Dakota State, the reigning champions. That's homecoming. That will be very tough uh, on the 21st of 2. At Western, as we mentioned – Will be a tough test in their last game, last season in the Valley. Host South Dakota for the blackout game on November 4th at North Dakota State, the Fargo Dome. Good luck at 2:30, and then uh, host Indiana State for Senior Day. So, like I said, we'll go through this more over time. But know your thoughts on this as we talk about it again because it's tough. And we talked about how it's very interesting schedule with a lot of new faces. You hope that we can. With their, as we said, on the staff and players, and it's it's a schedule you like to have for more of a veteran-laden group. But we'll see what this team's made of this year with a pretty pretty difficult schedule. Yeah, definitely. I think with the your home games, if besides the South South Dakota State game, which I don't know who scheduled that to be homecoming, um, that's not really obviously that's going to be a big crowd that day. But um, your home games are very favorable. But those are just some. I wouldn't say like obviously going to SEMO and going up to the Fargo Dome, but just a wonky, wonky games because you know always going to Youngstown, um, just it's different playing up there. It's always tough. Then then the next week you follow up going down to Murray, it's just a weird one. Then we know weird things happen in Macomb at Western, so um, just a, a difficult schedule I think with this kind of veteran group. I hope hope they're up for the challenge. Obviously, you got a pretty good. Um, FBS opportunity up in DeKalb. We'll plan on making up that trip. Um, that's a 2.30 game, so um, that's easy. Leave here Friday and get back Saturday night type of thing. So um, definitely a tough, tougher schedule than I think most people would think. Like I said, if you look at the home games, it's pretty favorable outside. Um, I know Austin P um, made the jump to a different conference out of the OVCs a couple of years ago, and they've been – lurking for playoffs success and I think they were just received votes on the preseason stuff so gonna be definitely interesting I, I I like the schedule it's gonna be a tough test for this like I said with Nick Baker and, and company on that offense um, definitely gonna be interesting we'll obviously break it down even more once the preseason will maybe give a prediction later in the dates yeah, and it's a, it's a tough one to think that after the season we had, if we want to bounce back and make the playoffs, it's going to be difficult. Uh, but you get to host the reigning champ, and at North Dakota State, those are the most notable. But, yeah, Northern Illinois will be tough on the road. SEMO on the road. 
A lot of tough ones. Yes, we'll dive into it more, get predictions over time when it gets closer. So that's everything we have for you guys of how it's gotten to this point. You know, some look ahead episodes. We'll try to come to you guys every couple weeks over time here leading up to the season. It's been busy for us over the last five or so months since we came to you, but we will have episodes what the team should look like, early depth chart options, yes, schedule, predictions, and what the team needs to improve on from last year. As we know, you're losing talent. You had a lot of terrible games at the end of the year that you need to bounce back and win. Those kind of close games with the talent you have, it's there are positive vibes around with young guys getting opportunities. We'll talk about that more as time goes on, guys. We would love to see that set out last year that could get a lot of prime ops this year. Then noticed, obviously, it's the 40th anniversary year when we won the national championship. So, and shout out to Mike Reese for calling it at that point. And obviously, being not here anymore, it's an important season. It's a it's a good season to try to make the playoffs. As we know, we'll talk about again where we're ranked over time, and some of the rankings to be able to put ourselves in good position and hopefully win some games to honor that 40th year anniversary. You know, a final box. Yeah, definitely. Definitely getting back in the groove here. A lot of stuff to do. Some, just like I said, I'll be getting the grind on the the recruiting stuff. And um, we said we we're going to sit down and give our preview of maybe um, what a depth chart could potentially look like. Obviously, a lot of battles going on right now, and um, I guess potentially we could still add guys at this point with guys with offers still out in the portal. So definitely in the home stretch here, going towards the the, the season, getting here. It's going to be here quicker because obviously July is going to fly by. So exciting. It's starting to get that time, obviously, with all these sports ending um, with NHL and uh, NBA and all that stuff and MLB just going on right now. College World Series just ended last night. So um, football is almost here. Bear with us. We'll be coming with you guys, like I said earlier, to start the pod. DMs, comments are always open. If you have a question you guys want us to ask, we can do a mailbag mailbag pod easily um, one night for you guys to come to you guys if you got questions, so it's always open. Yeah, and we've been glad to hear from people because we we weren't sure whenever, uh, you know, we've been taking all this time off that we'd hear from people, and we did recently, and we were going to do one at some point anyway. But it's good to hear that people want to hear this, and and we're hoping that a lot of people look forward to this and enjoy it. Yes, over the course of time, we'll have more. You're right. Get in touch with us. We'll talk about some things. It's an interesting season coming up uh, for a lot of reasons. So <clears throat> we'll try to dive into it. should be an interesting one, as we've talked about here to this point. And we'll talk about more as time goes on. You're right. Could add more new faces. Just could get to the grind because it is football season. Looking forward to it. So until we talk to you guys next time, I'm Nick Malone. No lurch. As always, go dogs.